Welcome to Speak Slam The Words, episode 19. As always, I am your host, Dave Reed. Coming up, we had a conversation with Tobias Stenkier, a Danish songwriter who we were able to grab between sessions to talk about his craft. And of course, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Warner Chapel UK and on our Twitter at Warner underscore Chapel and on our YouTube at Warner Chapel Music. Chapel, as always, is spelled C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. Tobias, thank you so much for coming and speaking to us today. Thank you so much for having me. How has your time been in London? It's been amazing. I've worked with great, great people and the weather's amazing here it right is, now. It's probably the best week we've had uh, this year, probably for a couple of years, maybe. Yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm really loving it. Like, London's my London's my mistress. I have <laughs> I live in Copenhagen, which I really love, but London's like the, the great love love lost in my life so and you get to come here every now and then yeah have a little bit of fun yeah and, uh, go back it's yeah. like with someone's baby yeah you get to get to experience all the fun then you can hand it back when you don't want any yeah. <laughs> no more yeah that's very true yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've learned that recently with the I've, I've recently got a dog and um <laughs> dogs are great fun until you get one of your own and then it's like oh man i have to i have to pick up the poop and uh, and i have to do all this other stuff yeah uh, but it's still still good fun. <laughs> it's not quite a baby, so yeah. <laughs> so your childhood, growing up listening to music. Yeah. What were you into? Well, I was. I remember one of the first like cognitive experiences of music was um, was the Beatles. And coming from Denmark, I had absolutely no idea what they were singing. I could just tell, like with just the whole sound of it and the rhythm and like you know you sort of get it's it's were, yeah were you just picking up almost just basic melody lines because you couldn't understand the english well i think it was i think it was both um because you know you sort of get like the sound of the words so it's sort of you know you 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 put it into your brain unconsciously and then it starts growing on you so the melody becomes equivalent uh, of these words as well so certain words are always associated with a certain move and melody or a certain beat or so it's it's a great way of learning to speak English actually because you get to you get to adapt songs and, and memorize words in a different way than if you're reading from a textbook and having to memorize words by themselves so you get something to pin them to. Do, do you write in English or do you write in Danish? I write in English primarily. Mm. It's uh, yeah, I just never really got around to working in Danish and and just got to write with a bunch of English-speaking people. So it was sort of yeah, <laughs> there was no alternative basically. Is how is it perceived in Denmark? Do people listen to more English? Songs. Well, right now there there's been a trend towards more Danish-speaking artists um, and and things Jordan, but but thing is you have that, and I'm sure it's the same with with English-speaking people. You have that immediate understanding of the language, which makes it so much harder to um, to come up with good lines because everyone's immediately going to recognize if you just if you're faking it, yeah. Um, and you know when I when I turn on the radio, I hear a lot of English songs that are, or a lot of Danish artists singing in English. 
that it just don't make no sense. <laughs> I mean, it's just, if you're a big company, you would want someone to proofread everything you sent out the door mm. in a different language. Um, which is why I, I primarily try to, to run everything I do past English-speaking people. And I study English at the, at the University of Copenhagen as well to get sort of to get that backbone of literature, culture, and just the no-nos. <laughs> I was going to say, your English is pretty good. A lot Thank better you. than my Danish. <laughs> I've never really tried. <laughs> I don't think I should try. Um, but... Uh, so, so you'd, you're saying on the radio there are more English songs than Danish songs? Yeah, well, th that's primarily because the influx of, of material from outside Denmark is so huge. I mean, you have to listen to all the big stuff coming out of the mm. US and the UK. So it's, it's inevitable to have a, a certain amount of songs that are going to be in English. And people obviously want to transcend the borders. So they, they opt for the English version of, mm. of artistry because that may be able to get them outside a, uh, a smallish territory, which Denmark is. We're like five million people. Mm. We're close to six million now, but still. Mm. <laughs> How is uh, Danish music comparing to, I guess, uh, English and American music? Well, I think that there are certain, like the folk traditions and the old ballad traditions are shared across the borders, especially in the Nordics and and to some degree to England as well, due to the old line in due to the heritage of of the Viking invasions and the British invasions the other ways, yeah? So there's there's a certain tonality to it that's shared. Um, but you have things coming out of the US that are not likely to come out of the out of Denmark because they have an influx of completely different uh, styles and, and heritages. Um, so, so some of it compares really well. And everyone's trying to measure up to what's going on outside of Denmark because, you know, it's, it, that's what's going to chart and that's, what's gonna, that's what you're going to be measured against anyways. So you might as well look to what people are doing and try and do your own thing that's similar or mm. at least, you know, can measure up to it. Does that make a kind of a weird pressure for you? No, not really. I think as, you know, as a songwriter, you, I think this is especially on the production side of things because songwriting to a certain degree is a universal thing where you, where the song is the song and then a good song can be wrapped in all sorts of different packages which is the production. So as a songwriter, obviously you have to know, you have to know the cultural reference within which you're moving to understand. Like I was writing a song where I was gonna put the word answering machine into. And I was like, no one knows. Like all the kids, they don't know what an answering machine is. Like they have voicemail now. And all, it's all those little things that you just have to be aware of, but that's more, and that's more the language side of things um, because songwriting, in my view anyways, a lot of people are probably going to disagree, but songwriting is a universal thing where you, yeah, it, it just stays constant. And then there's small variables that are affected by time and place. But at the end of the day, a good song is a good song and it's going to live from, from now till forever. I agreed. I, I 
the, the great songs stick around, right? And, and yeah. They have done for decades in the last few years and, and things from centuries ago, they still stick around. Yeah, but you, you th- there's been sort of a shift in, in, in songwriting over the past 10 years is where you, where you see more, more and more emphasis on, on hooks. I mean, the, the whole top line side of the business where you have this one comic strip that said a, a pop song nowadays is two choruses at the beginning, Pitbull rapping something completely unintelligible for three minutes. And <laughs> but so, so, I mean, hooks are coming more and more into, into focus, especially in the pop business. Um, whereas if you go back to like the 90s, you would have more song-driven songs, like A to C songwriting, um, especially with the British invasion of, um, of Blur and, and uh, Robbie Williams, uh, Oasis, stuff like that, where you had traditional, traditional songwriting. It sounds like that's what you're passionate about. Bitch. Well, that, that's the thing I grew up on, but I really enjoy, you know, the thing I enjoy about being a songwriting being and being pushed to all these di- in all these different directions is you get out of your comfort zone. I mean, no one wants to listen to me pull out the same bag of tricks every day. So it's good to have someone come in and go, yeah, what else you got? Or could you do it to this dance track? Or could you do it to this heavy metal track? Um, I really love pushing the boundaries because that's when it gets exciting. That's when you have to push your craft. And like, try and build this house with only a hammer and nails. Like, it's, I, yeah, it's just, I love the challenge of it. And so, with hooks, do you find that you like to put hooks into songs? Is that something that comes easy to you? Yeah, I, I, someone once said that I couldn't write a song without a hook if my life depended on it. Wow. I mean, but that's, you know, that's growing up on Beatles and, yeah. and stuff like that. You have to have something that people remember. Every time I get into a fight with someone over the, oh, that's too pop or, oh, that's not indie enough. It's like, look, whatever you're listening to, there's bound to be something that you remember. It don't have to be a melody. It may as well be just a tiny string of words or even one word that just resonates with a group of people that are going to remember it and that that's what a hook is a hook isn't necessarily like the cheesiest poppiest melody line or the cheesiest word it's just something that makes it so memorable that it transcends everything and explodes so that's what i try and do <laughs> just make things explode well i i like i like you know when when you listen to a song and you and you're just like that song's been around forever. You know, those hooks that, that just go, wow, why didn't I think of that? That so that's does happen w- a lot, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I just love chasing that down. I, I, I'm so much into um, uh, the please don't say you love me because I might not say it back. It's so simple, but it's just bloody hell. Now, just remind us for the podcast, who sings that? Gabrielle Applin. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good song. It's been on the radio a lot. Yeah, well, I just, it was one of those songs. I was driving along and I heard it on the radio and I just instinctively reached for the volume knob and I was (laughs) almost, you know, (laughs) I was heading into the ditch trying to make that move. And I want to write those kinds of songs. I want to write those kinds of songs that make you reach for the volume Mm. dial and not 
not the on-off dial. Sure. Yeah. On your car radio. So you've heard a new song. What is it that makes you kind of turn? Is it the melody? Is it the beat? Is it the rhythm? The content of the lyrics? It can be anything, basically. I mean, I was just listening to the to the pink track. Just give me a reason. And like an opening line, like um, right from the start, you or you were a thief. You stole my heart, and I was your willing victim. I mean, something like that. Just this clear-cut image of 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 him literally stealing her heart, but her being uh, in, being complicit in it as well. I mean, that just sets the whole scene. It's like one of those great novels where you start in media's res, and you just go, "Okay, I get it. Now let's see where it how it unfolds." But you need to catch people's attention. Mm. So creating pictures with your words. Yeah, well, it, you know, relating to people. Like like all the great country songs. They, you know, country's big because people can relate to it. Like there's this song called I Drive Your Truck, which may sound cheesy as, you know. But it's it's about a guy who's lost his dad. His dad's dead. And, and it's like, look, I remember you. I drive your truck. I, you know... I, I, you live, you know, through that truck, through the things that I do here. And as, as cheesy as that, as that may sound, everyone who's lost their dad is gonna, you know, is, is gonna feel that and gonna, gonna say, wow, I have a thing like that. Every time I look at my, at the watch you gave me or every time I look at that baseball glove or something like that. So, and that's what songs are supposed to do. They're supposed to resonate. They're supposed to give you something that you have, but reinforce that and, and strengthen it so, so content of the lyrics is, well is well key. for me lyrics is 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 king um but that's because i i i've worked a bunch in nashville and in nashville you can have like you can actually have a song without a melody hook but you can have lyrics that will just kill and like the last thing they do during a session is they sit down and they read down the lyrics as if it was prose and if, if it doesn't work there, then they're going to go back and rework it because you have to be able to read it out and make sense of it. Uh, so that's something I try and do. Obviously, working in a language that's not my primary language, I still need people to, to help me get that, those last 5 or 10% that I will inevitably miss at one point or another because it's not my main mm. language. Mm. Country is a massive part of, of... I've been listening to some of your tracks on MySpace and things like that. Yeah. And I can definitely hear that the folk in the country is definitely in you. And, and what you, like you're saying about the importance of lyrics creating stories, I can, yeah. I can see that in your work. Um, so to go to Nashville seems like a very appropriate thing you to do well it's it's just great to get to a country or, or to yeah i was gonna say country because it's a self-contained little entity it is, uh, it? it's a music capital of of the world basically mm. because you have so many talented people in so little space and the creative juices that flow there are just amazing uh, yeah um, very true um like entering a building and you just know that there are four sessions going on around you and they're gonna they're gonna do two songs in three hours perhaps, and then have lunch and go back and do another two songs. And just that whole vibe is is amazing. And the pr you know the level of 
they're so so fucking professional. I'm sorry to to cuss, but that's. I mean, they show up on time. They work. They deliver, and I just love that. I mean, it's it's impressive. And has that made you think about how you work? Yeah, since? definitely, like, definitely. Like you're saying, that you seem quite passionate when you when you moved your hand, deliver. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I think it's important to. Um, Things can ease, especially because I travel as much as I do. I need to finish stuff when I'm on site because I've I've done I've done a gazillion camps. If you go to a camp, you know that by the end of those two or three days, everyone's going to scatter, you know, across across the globe. Which means that if you don't finish it now, it's just going to be twice the work to to actually try and get things moving and people going getting on Skype sessions to finish one or two lines and then you have to send a production that way or so I just think it's important to try and push yourself as much as you can and if you know you have two days to do a song then it's fine doing it in two days but if you know that you have three hours before you have to move on to your ne- next session then by God, try and get as close to the finish line as you can. So it's all just polishing after that. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's <laughs> important to me. <laughs> Since you started talking, you've basically been talking about working with others. Yeah. Quite a bit. Um, how did you start songwriting in the first place? I'm assuming you did it probably on your own. Is that right? Yeah. When did um, that come about in your life? Well, to begin with, I was signed to EMI as an artist back when I was 16. Um, And obviously my English needed improving. (laughs) So I started working with uh, two expats living in in Denmark who worked on the lyrics with me and I sort of got the taste for it and also got that sense of you have to work with people who actually know what they're doing. You know, acknowledge your own shortcomings and you're going to get so much further ahead. So I've, I, I, I constantly try to be conscious of where I can improve or where people can do better than I do. Um, and then I was, I, just, I was invited to do camp after camp after camp. And at, at a writing camp, it's just, well, you have to work with other people. And I just, I just really enjoy it because, as I said, if I'm, if I'm just me, I'm just, I'm most likely going to pull out the same bag of, bag of tricks every time I write a song, which isn't going to further my songwriting. You only get pushed. Like if, to put it in sports metaphors, if you want to be a, a really good runner, you have, to, you have to train with people who are just that tiny bit faster than you or with a coach who knows how you have to improve. So that's sort of the way I look at it. I have to constantly try and work with people who are a little better than I am, mm. than I am or a lot better for that matter but just people who are better than me because that means that I will have to stay on top of my game and try and catch up so come on what tell us what are you thinking about right now that you think oh, I could be improving on well definitely my um, well everything I mean th- I'm, I mean if I wake up one day and go that's it I'm brilliant I think that's the day I, I've written my last song because it, it's not like I could draw this line a little straighter or I could, you know, it's because it's so fluent and because the things you do didn't exist three hours before, it's always new. So it's hard to come up with a formula for what you do because 
it's never the same thing you do. I mean, you, you, can, you can always go, okay, I did this with the last song, but I've already done that, and if I do that with this song, then it's going to be that song I just did. Mm. So it's, it, it's, it's a constant f flux of, of trial and error and, and always trying to come up with, like, inventing the wheel again and again and again. So you know that the wheel may have to be round, but the size of it, the uh, how many spokes, the materials, you know, yeah, that was a bit <laughs> flat metaphor. But, but still, it's if there were a formula, I'm not sure that I would want to, want to know it because it's, <laughs> it's the excitement of... The chase, really. Yeah, it's the chase, and it, it's, it's that whole... You know, she's trying to channel the universe to be real sensitive here, but you know, just just yeah. trying to listen to whatever comes up and trust your gut instinct. And gut instinct cannot, you know, can never be controlled. Gut instinct is just there. Yeah, and and the, what I love about songs as well is you can't really get the perfect song because say you have a ballad, you you know, you're missing out on a ton of stuff that might not be incorporated in a ballad but might be incorporated in a pop song with yeah. energy and real rhythm how do you get all these things into all these aspects into just one song yeah it, totally. it's it's, it's uh it would be very hard to do you know you can't ever say that oh, i got everything i wanted to get into that one song no. and that's perfect so like you say yeah, there is a chase there is like there always is room yeah to grow i guess that's yeah because nothing's permanent it's just here and now and, you know, you may have a song that's going to chart for X number of weeks, but it's going to fade. Eventually, it's going to fade because there's always going to be this stream of new songs. So you constantly have to write new songs to stay afloat. Mm. Uh, so there's, th there's that part of it as well, like the chase for, okay, how can I improve on what I've done and keep up with all the other stuff that's out now? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's like the craft aspect of it as well. So how do you, say you've gone into a session with somebody like you did today, where do you start? How does the day begin? How do you get things going? Lots of talking and coffee, first of all. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it, you know, traveling and meeting people for the first time is like walking into a room and dropping your pants and just hoping no one will laugh, yeah? Because <laughs> it's... <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> no, but it, I think it, that's very true. We've had so many songwriters come in and say something on along those lines of having a counseling session and exposing yourself being vulnerable yeah which is basically a great picture of what you just said really. <laughs> so so a lot of it a lot of the time is spent on discussing references getting to know each other sort of getting a the vibe of of you know sort of trying to get in sync and clicking and moving in the same direction. And someone may, may bring three words that will spark a whole conversation about something, which ends up being the lyrics. Or someone will have a melody hook that will send you off on a tangent. And you're never even going to use that hook but, or that melody, but it started something. So it's, it's all about, if I say this, then what do you say? And if I play you this, what do you think? And so it's a lot of back and forth. And it's all, it's like, it's like one of those big brainstorm meetings, really, you know, people get in a room and put a lot of stuff on the board. And at the end of the day, you have these five key points that you want to, want to stress in, in whatever situation you're in. Mm. Um, so you were saying about like 
playing stuff do you play maybe old melody lines that you have or do you just like kind of get going with like a keyboard or a guitar and just like start putting them down when i started out i would always bring like uh x number of of melodies and for, so we had something to work on uh, mainly so I didn't show up unprepared and, and seemed unprofessional. Yeah, I'm sure that could be almost embarrassing um, sometimes. But I'd, a friend of mine who, who's a, a string of number one hits, who, who sort of mentored me and took me under her wing, she was like, look, stop doing that. Just trust in the, trust in the energy and the universe and all that sensitive stuff, and you'll be all right, because sometimes it can work the other way around. If you bring something, it can actually it can actually limit other people's inputs because you set the frame mm. too, uh, too rigidly. We, we were discussing this the other day, actually, about how having preconceptions before you go into a session can really hinder you. Yeah. Just like, for instance, going into a session with somebody you know has done great work you know, in the past over here, and you think, yeah. <gasps> you know, I don't want to tread on their toes or anything or say the wrong thing. Um, and I guess it's something similar with, with hooks. You, you don't want to take in, oh, we've got this and this and this we can work from. And that's it's almost like saying, like, these are the boundaries and we can't cross them. And yeah, it's, it's exactly. It's almost like a, a frame you have to work within. Um, yeah. Which is constricting, really, I imagine. Yeah, and, you know, if you know if I have a song that I know a certain artist likes or if I have something that will fit my project really well, I'll bring it to the people that I know can finish that type of song f with me. Um yeah like I was working with this guy today and I, I you know he I knew that he'd done stuff but turns out that he'd done like the soundtrack of my high school years <laughs> like he's done all the Dido stuff and and I didn't realize till mid-session so I had to like text my wife and go I'm working with the guy who did Dido <laughs> <laughs> I remember you know we were in, in her room at her parents' place, and it was, it was high school, it was amazing, it was, you know, he was the guy who did that, and that's yeah. what music can do, like, you know, getting back to what music is supposed to be for you. Like, mm. when I hear He With Me, with Dido, it's just, I'm 17 again, mm. I'm a bit hungover, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know, newly in love with my yeah. then girlfriend, now wife, and it's just, that's what music does, and that's yeah. what makes music so brilliant. No, hearing that and knowing that it, it brings an excitement into you, and and it does bring an energy into the room for you. Yeah, well, uh, I, I, which yeah. is exactly what you want in a writing session. Well, it's just God. That's what I love about music is it's it's a language all its own. You know, you can hear a song, and 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 then you have that smell. You, you can smell something, right back, yeah. yeah. You can smell something that you haven't smelled since you were thirteen, or, or you get that, you know, that burst of emotions when you were in love with that girl who, who had a red dress and who didn't really want you and you want her, and you know, and that's what music does. It mm. triggers so many things in the brain that it's, you know, it, it it's hard to fathom. Yeah, it is. The, it's quite remarkable, isn't it? It's it's it's, it's a drug. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's. You know, y you can put on a song and you can go from being ecstatic to miserable. I mean, wanting to kill yourself. Oh, the other way around. Yes. But no one wants to hear happy songs. People just want to hear sad love stories. And, <laughs> and just, 
be they're kind of content and miserable in themselves. Yeah, and feel sad for themselves <laughs> and weep a little bit. You, know? you get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's exactly it, isn't it? You yeah. understand. Yeah. Robbie Williams, you so get me. We could be best friends, like. <laughs> yeah. So you haven't been signed long to Warner Chapel. That's it's been in the last year. Yeah, we signed a little under a year ago, mm-hmm. but we've been talking for a year and a half okay. before that. So. Cool. So what has been in the work recently? I have an artist in Denmark on Sony. Uh, his first single, which I wrote with him, is coming out in August. We're really excited about yeah. that. The label loves it. Management loves it. And then, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But he's he's done great. He's platinum selling, and hopefully this will do well (laughs) but that's the thing you know everyone's loving and that's that's the danger of songwriting because i love everything i do i really you know i love my songs i love the stuff i do with people but you never know how it's gonna pan out Mm. you know you can write the best song in the world and it's gonna go nowhere or you can leave a session and go yeah that was pretty average and it's gonna you know so you never know Every song is unique and special and, and has the potential to go stratospheric or or plummet <laughs> to the great depth of of nothingness. Like walking a tightrope or something. Yeah, yeah. And, but I think at the end of the day, it's you have to, obviously you have to focus on like delivering on time. You have to focus on being, you know, being a guy people want to hang out with. Because if you're if you're a dick, no one wants to work with you. Uh, so you have to, have to try and be the best person you can be, and you have to just you know be professional and deliver on time, uh, deliver what people are sort of want you to deliver, and then just hope for the best. You know, people who actually listen to music. Like painters don't look at paintings; they look at brush strokes. They look at they look at into it, don't they? Yeah. I like I wish I could listen to music the way that I did back when music was new and and I didn't understand it. I think we all wish that, yeah, when it was um, yeah. That's my only loss in life. Uh-huh. <laughs> These first few songs you write they're very different to anything you've ever you ever write again. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, well there there's an innocence yes. and um and an an immediacy to it that cannot be recreated. Yeah. Um but I think that's part of the process as well. Obviously, recognizing some of the um, some of the structures and and the basics of songwriting, but always trying to chase that feeling, chase that I've never done this before, mm. or this is this is genius, or this is you know refining that innocence. And I think that's what life is. You know, you always try and find back to that innocent, harmonious, exciting place in whatever you do. And I just get to do it on a daily basis with great people. Sounds great. It is. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm truly blessed. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for every day waking up and getting to write songs. I mean, that's, yeah, like I was saying before, talking to my friends who have all these real life problems. I mean, my problem is that breakfast at a hotel could be better, that the bed is perhaps just a tiny bit too hard. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Tobias, thank you so much for coming to speak to us. Thank you so much for having me. And about your passion, because it is obvious that it's your passion. 
I think I really love um, your metaphors. They're <laughs> everywhere. You know, it's, it's very clear that you're a visual person, even with words. Yeah, and yeah. Pi- and, and you obviously are writing songs and creating pictures at the same time you do it. And it means a lot to you, every single lyric. Yeah, 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 it does. Thanks very much. Tobias. Thank you. I think it's quite obvious from talking to Tobias that he really does love his job. The thing that I will take away is Tobias's idea of trying to be a better songwriter by learning about your shortcomings and trying to improve upon them. If you haven't already, check out our previous episodes on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Until next time.